Den 2. januar startet fredelige demonstrasjoner i Kazakhstan angående helt vanlige spørsmål. Men så ble det overtatt av voldelige elementer i samfunnet. Men takket være lederskapet i landet, presidenten og andre som staket ut kursen for landets fremtid, så kom folket sammen og troens folk over hele Kazakhstan. De valgte å stå sammen i nasjonen for fremtiden. I dag så møter jeg ambassadøren fra Kazakhstan til Norge, hans ekscellense Jerkin Akinjanov, og han formidler håp for fremtiden. Your Excellency Ambassador Yerkin Akinjanov of Kazakhstan here in Norway, uh, I thank you for receiving me, especially in these times of, uh, of deep uh, unrest in your great nation. Uh, how have these days after New Year been for you, sir? Uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, thank you for your interest and uh, thank you for the words of sympathy which I have heard from you for your prayers and uh, taking this opportunity I would love uh, to thank all of our friends. We are receiving so many uh, kind words these days, words of sympathy from our friends, from our diaspora, from uh, people just who maybe haven't heard about Kazakhstan before yeah. but who take time to learn more about my country. Yeah and to try to understand what is uh, happening there. Uh, and uh, we are receiving these uh, words of sympathy in different languages from in Norwegian, uh, English, Kazakh, Russian, whatever languages people speak here. And uh, they, the value is that these people represent different cultures, yeah. different religions, yeah. different beliefs but they uh, are united by common understanding of uh, human values yeah. and uh, the, the ultimate, I would say, principle is that people should respect each other. Yeah. And definitely we, I, I am as an ambassador, I am as a person, my family, my colleagues, their families, uh, it's been a very hard time for all of us yeah. and uh, today the mm, uh, president declared the 10th of January as a day of national mourning uh, because uh, to, to remember all those who were killed and who lost their lives during these tragic days. Uh, and again, I would love to thank you that you decided to highlight this uh, story, these events, and uh, give uh, us a chance to talk to people, those who are interested in learning about Kazakhstan, interested in learning uh, the story, what is happening. Now, Your Excellency, tell us uh, briefly 
What really has happened mm -hmm. since January 1st and the first few days of the mm -hmm. new year 2022? Yeah, actually uh, everything started on 2nd of January. Uh, it started with uh, peaceful protests, uh, peaceful demonstrations uh, linked to the uh, hike in uh, liquefied gas fuel prices. Uh, the problem was that uh, the new market mechanisms were introduced uh, from the beginning of this year and uh, some kind of uh, e-trade e mechanisms. And that led to uh, raise of prices. Uh, of course, uh, you, you can uh, view it also in the bigger context that uh, recent developments in, uh, in economic, e e e in economy, uh, recent uh, slowdowns, uh, etc., also added to that. But at the same time, there is also a, a, a very big consideration of what those companies who control the market uh, were doing mm. and why these prices uh, rocketed it's on that particular in, day. In, in a sense, it's similar to Norway, where the, yeah. the, the, the electricity prices have yeah. uh, gone sky high and people are protesting. Yes, absolutely, the same, uh, the same story. And it, it started developing the same way. Mm. So people went to the streets. Uh, particularly uh, to the square in front of uh, uh, local uh, mayor's office uh, in Western Kazakhstan and started uh, asking questions, started uh, voicing their demands and, and, and uh, desires. President reacted immediately. So local authorities also were started talking immediately to President people. President Tokayev. President Tokayev reacted immediately. He, first of all, uh, he established a commission to get into this matter, which includes, uh, apart from uh, purely, uh, let us say, dialogue issues, talking to uh, protesters, which includes also investigation into a possible monopolistic yeah. action by, exactly. by um, uh, companies uh, and traders, yeah. gas traders. Mm. So what happened, uh, President Tokayev uh, made a decision and uh, give uh, instructions to control prices, to bring them back, mm. to bring them back to the uh, previous level, but not only gas prices. He also uh, uh, looked at uh, in a bigger sense, in a bigger picture, uh, all uh, basic uh, major social economic issues which people are facing due to the, the last two years, I would say, of economic lockdowns and uh, slowdowns. The COVID. Etc., uh, etc. Et so he ordered to look into the, the whole um, uh, list of, of issues. Uh, and the dialogue started. What is most important that parties started uh, the dialogue and it was encouraging. Yeah. And uh, initially when this peaceful protest 
also uh, witnessed some violations, some minor violations. Uh, I would say administrative violations mm -hmm. of uh, how to hold uh, such uh, peaceful protests because in Kazakhstan we don't have permission mm -hmm. system. We have notification system okay. uh, for any rallies. Mm -hmm. But still, even uh, without a necessity to get a permission but just notifying authorities, you still have to follow some uh, kind of uh, some rules and protocols. And of course, there were some minor violations for which uh, uh, there were some, uh, I would say, some people were apprehended mm. for minor violations, but they were immediately released again mm. under, upon instruction of, of President Tokayev, because this is, uh, this is not the, the real subject yeah. of, of the dialogue. Yeah. The real subject of the dialogue is those grass-rooted uh, um, uh, issues mm. raised by, by, by pr uh, demonstrators, yeah. peaceful demonstrators. But unfortunately, at some point, in a few days' time, uh, these seemingly uh, peaceful protests, uh, which uh, continued not only in Western Kazakhstan, but also in, in other regions of Kazakhstan, very peaceful, uh, they were hijacked. All of a sudden, really, it was very uh, unexpected move, they were hijacked by very well-organized groups and mobs, very well-coordinated. Uh, and analysis, present analysis now shows that uh, there were all evidence and elements that these were very well-trained, prepared um, mobs and uh, I would, uh, uh, how to say, uh, fighters, yeah. including foreign fighters. Exactly. Including foreign fighters. So there were both domestic elements and foreign elements in that um, mobs. Uh, and it, it became clear, uh, based on, on what uh, happened next, it became clear that these are terrorists. Yeah. Terrorists join it, who joined uh, with some mobs with criminal groups yeah. and they were very well coordinated with uh, it was obvious that they have experience militant fighting experience in some other parts of the world yeah. and they were trained and coordinated and paid definitely paid and uh, more importantly they didn't raise any demands no political no economic Interesting. They very, they were very dedicated to take control yeah. over the situation. They started. They had plan. They they were uh, they were attacking from different directions, and they were attacking in a in a in a in a very coordinated way, different establishment, and uh, the worst. The situ situation uh, turned in in Almaty, in the former capital of Kazakhstan, That's where which you grew yeah, up, yes, uh, the biggest city and of Kazakhstan. Your mother is there. Yes, and you, my your mother family is there. My family, my brother, my relatives. So it is a two million city, uh, which uh, you can imagine. Uh, terrorists uh, decided to attack 
in the first instance because uh, uh, creating chaos in such place uh, can bring them really good, good, I would say, from their point of view, dividends yeah. and position. So, uh, they uh, targeted, first and foremost, administrative buildings, mayor's office, uh, the local residence of the president. There is a, a, a residence uh, which is left from those times when Almaty was capital. Uh, they attacked police stations, uh, military establishments. They attacked uh, media offices, uh, TV stations, uh, TV tower. They attacked airport. So these key infrastructure uh, sites which uh, allow any uh, such, uh, any attackers to control uh, the, the situation in particular location. And now it is really clear that it was an attack on constitutional order. Exactly. It was an attempt to change the constitutional order, to change the state order existing in, in, in the country. May, may, may I just add, mm -hmm. sir, uh, because for my viewers, mm -hmm. uh, your nation is a 30-year-old nation. So here, here's a carefully developed constitutional order yeah. that they were trying within a few days to bring down. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because um, the, the, uh, the action they have taken, even though they were not declaring anything, but they were very resolute in attacking the very basic institutions of the state. And that was, uh, that created real chaos yeah. because it, it was a shock both for, for the authorities as well as for the uh, civil society who were not expecting yeah. such, such, a, such a devastating de development. Yeah. As I said, they, are, they, are, they were very well organized, they were armed. The evidence uh, uh, of uh, that they were supplied by arms, distributed arms were distributed, and also they distributed arms not only among themselves but to looters who yeah. joined them. Yeah. Uh, I would say that non-organized part, which they managed to attract yeah. looters. Uh, of course, they also acquired arms from uh, gun shops. They robbed uh, and looted gun shops. They uh, also taken guns from uh, some police stations. They managed, uh, they succeeded to, to take over. And of course, uh, those guns which they taken from police officers uh, whom they uh, caught and beat and beaten. All in all, uh, in different um, uh, reports, they say different figures uh, because investigation and all these uh, related uh, activities are going on and figures to be updated. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
about 16 or 18 police officers and uh, uh, military personnel were killed. Why? Were deliberately killed. Uh, uh, I, among them, two of them uh, who belong to law enforcement or military were uh, specifically beheaded. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of those were, was even not a, a, a full-fledged officer. He was still a cadet. Uh, but uh, cadets also um, uh, showed their courage because uh, uh, cadet uh, institution were, was attacked and they were defending as well. Well, beheaded, uh, beheading, beheaded, that, beheaded. That beheading re reminds yeah, me of regimes where they yeah, use absolutely, such means. absolutely. And uh, analysis, uh, preliminary analysis, or I would say um, uh, conclusions may say that among all those terrorist and gang and mob uh, organized uh, groups, uh, there were uh, Islamic terrorist groups as well. Uh, those with experience in, in other parts of the world, yeah. those with uh, practical experience and, and uh, also those who were trained. Yeah. Uh, but crimi criminal groups as well, yeah. they were. Plus, but, joined by looters. But sir, then, your mild-hearted and wise president, Tokayev, mm -hmm. he took charge and he brought order. Yes, absolutely. So, I, I, I should say that, that that was a very obvious example when the leader, when president, when the leader of the country uh, took charge of the situation. Yeah. And he took the courage yeah. to address people in right words and to give right instructions to law enforcement. You, you see, uh, his, uh, his uh, order to bring back, uh, let's say, peace mm. to the country yeah. uh, sometimes uh, is, I would say, misinterpreted yeah. by some observers. Yeah. Uh, for instance, his order, shoot to kill, mm. relates absolutely to terrorists only. Exactly. And uh, it is very sad to see that some uh, mainstream media, international mainstream, reputed mainstream media, including those who multiple times won Pulitzer Prize yeah. or were honored in many other ways, mm -hmm. uh, bluntly and well, I would say ig ignorantly yeah. report not checking or double checking the, the background uh, information or real information from the grassroots uh, reporting that uh, the order to shoot peaceful protesters that's yeah. that's something oh I would say it's too cynical even for yeah. for I don't know and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm disturbed, for, sir. For, 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 for the present, very, uh, let us say, kind of cynical uh, world and times. You, you mentioned international uh, media corporations, but even in my own Norway, without mentioning names, 
I've, I've been shocked at the one-sidedness. It seems like everyone is quoting each other, mm. except uh, Dagblade, mm. who is actually trying to give a more balanced view. Well, I'm happy that there are uh, professionals who uh, at least try to remember that if they want to write something, to report on people, they should know these people at least yeah. to make some research and to to learn yeah. what these people really are yeah. and what is really happening uh, i i i uh, it is really a surprise for me for any uh, uh person who is familiar with logic mm. and uh, uh, the such thing like making a research, collecting information, analyzing, um, that picking up some uh, slogans and uh, copy-pasting them as captions uh, without uh, thorough research, because jo any journalist is a researcher yeah. by nature. Yeah. Without thorough research, uh, that, that surprises me very much. Because uh, nobody hides, there is a lot of video, there is a lot of information, there is a lot of reports how peaceful protesters, the, the real, the genuine protesters, demonstrators, are shocked and what are their words uh, and appeals and calls, real calls are in the situation when, the, uh, when everything started uh, aggravating. They were calling to come down. They were calling to their followers not to uh, respond to provocations yeah. by, by, by gangs, by terrorists. Because they say this undermines their cause. Yeah. Their, 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 uh, undermines uh, their stand. More to that, they are not just uh, were calling. Local uh, communities, local activists, yeah. they at some point they started joining hands with law enforcement. Exactly. Safeguarding local, uh, um, I, would, uh, I would say, like kindergartens or hospitals or mm. something like that. Those uh, local uh, things uh, in, in localities they live. Yeah. And uh, nobody was arresting them. Yeah. Even though there was a, 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 a kind of a, a situation when authorities uh, limited, uh, limited uh, movement of people. Yes, because you de definitely extraordinary situation uh, in any country when they I introduce some some extraordinary uh, rules. Uh, they limit, mm -hmm. uh, and especially in the in times of anti-terroristic operation, yeah. these rules are de definitely applicable. But still, even uh, with these rules, local authority clearly see and differentiate between terrorists and activists. Exactly. Now, sir, I've had the unique privilege uh, the past year or so mm -hmm. to uh, befriend uh, religious leaders in your nation. Mm -hmm. And uh, even these days, I've been on the phone and on WhatsApp with mm -hmm. uh, leaders within mm -hmm. Islam, Judaism, mm -hmm. Catholicism, mm -hmm. Orthodox Christianity, and they are so happy that things have, are turning out well. And uh, it seems like the people of faith in Kazakhstan are really uh, a factor in mm -hmm. uh, mobilizing towards mm -hmm. positive, uh, peaceful developments in your nation. Yes. Uh, 
thank you again for raising this issue because uh, this is this has some kind of uh, something to say. Uh, you know that Kazakhstan is a multi-ethnic, multicultural, diverse country. Uh, we have more than 120 ethnic groups, ethnicities, live together. Uh, they represent about uh, 16 major, at least, uh, I mean, bigger uh, religious denominations with some more, even more uh, smaller ones. And uh, we've been always uh, known for managing this type of environment. Yeah. We've we've uh, we've gone through many challenges throughout throughout our history. Mm. At least for the last hundred hundred years, we faced so many challenges and tragedies. Yeah. yeah. Losses of lives. Yeah. We stood shoulder to shoulder. Yes. Uh, you mentioned starting from fighting Nazis, yeah. ending up with uh, uh, helping each other in, in, in times of uh, when there was a, a massive famine. Mm. There were there was times when there was uh, political oppressions uh, in uh, before the Second World War. Remember, yeah. uh, there was Stalin times when uh, people were just uh, eliminated yeah. in, 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 in big numbers, mm. and we were sharing the last piece of bread the lost shelter, yeah. the, the blanket, yeah. with each other, Russians, Kazakhs, Ukrainians, Jews, yeah. Chechens. I, as I said, Kazakhstan happened to be a place where more than 120 ethnicities live together. Yeah. Many of them find themselves uh, in Kazakhstan, I mean, happened to move to Kazakhstan due to unfortunate events. They yeah. were uh, displaced people. Many of yeah. them were displaced people, either because of... Uh, war or or uh, they were forcefully displaced uh, due to this political oppression but they found their second home in Kazakhstan yeah. Kazakhs suffered the greatest losses in their histories millions were died mm. that time in 20s and 30s they at the same time they shared the last piece of bread they shared their homes with those people who who were forced to yeah. move to Kazakhstan also suffering and we didn't differentiate what color, what religion, what ethnicity they are. And that helped us yeah. to overcome many temptations, especially when we became independent. You remember when the communist system was collapsing, yeah. uh, not only Soviet Union, but in Eastern Europe, mm -hmm. so many clashes yeah. started. Yeah. Interethnically, I would say, interreligiously driven <laughs> by interethnic, interreligious uh, disagreements and sentiments yeah. dri driven conflicts. In Kazakhstan, we managed, I believe this is the only part of the former communist, I would say, world, mm. which managed to avoid exactly. a civil war scenario. Exactly. And that, that was because, due to many instances, uh, due to this, uh, our historical experience, yeah. our system of beliefs and values. Yes. Sir? Uh, lastly, uh, mm -hmm. while watching the events unfolded the, the, those few days, uh, we called our people all over Europe to pray because that's what we could do. And now, looking at you, I can see that you're, you have hope. Uh, I know you love your wife dearly. You Absolutely. Have you have three daughters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you have a mother. Yeah. And you, you actually believe there's hope for the future now. Absolutely. 
because this this tragedy, I would say, it's tragedy. Tragedy. People died. That uh, history shows that every tragedy, no matter how hard it is, it gives us a chance yeah. to become stronger. Exactly. To become stronger to open new horizons. Yeah. And of course, to 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 learn lessons. Yes. Uh, we are open to learn lessons. Uh, learn lessons of those mistakes we we've done, which led to the to let us say disagreement, peaceful, including peaceful yeah. uh, disagreements. Uh, that we we also have very good lessons. Uh, for instance, you may have heard the reports that we have invited peacekeepers yes. from the. Collective Security Treaty Organization. Exactly. Those peacekeepers, by the way, uh, they are about uh, above 2,000. Close. Uh, initially, it was closer to two and a half thousand, but now I believe the figure is less, 2,000 something uh, peacekeepers from uh, uh, all member states of the Collective uh, Security Treaty Organizations, Organization, and that is a vivid example how people, culturally and historically close to each other having that experience yeah. of surviving Hitler, Stalin yeah. together, fighting that great war, etc. Those people, the same, their descendants, yeah. uh, helped each other in the way, in the, most, in the most effective way. Because it's also a very delicate uh, topic, yes. inviting someone from outside. Exactly. But the way they're acting, the way we are, uh, doing things is the, the most uh, vivid example of how this this type of peacekeeping operations should be done. It is also important not only for us or our neighbors, our partners uh, in this organization, but it is also very important for the whole, the rest of the world. As because an example. there were so many not successful examples of peacekeeping or other kind of uh, operations when fighting terrorism or bringing peace to uh, in, a, in, in the zones of conflict. Exactly. And th this is a very good example. This is also a lesson which we learned and which we can share with, with others. So and definitely these peacekeepers uh, will leave the country immediately when we note mm -hmm. this after stabilizing the situation, uh, final stabilization of the situation. Thank you so much, uh, Your Excellency Ambassador from uh, Kazakhstan to Norway, Yerkin Akinjanov. Mm -hmm. What an honor to be with you and to you. share your hope mm -hmm. for the future of your great nation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.